Hey folks, welcome to the audio podcast for the Whitfield Report Saturday edition. I am your host, Sam Whitfield. And, uh, yeah. So, I was supposed to, uh, have my friend Jimmy this week on the podcast. Jimmy is a, uh, British commentator, uh, from Manchester, England. Um, I don't want to give his last name away. Um, so, yeah. But, uh... Jimmy wasn't able to make it this weekend. He had some stuff come up suddenly. Uh, so because of that, uh, I invited my friend Ryan Marhofer on the uh, program to just talk uh, movies and a little bit of politics and just kind of uh, catch up. Ryan's been a guest on the show before. Uh, and I believe the last time he was on the show, which was like about a year and a half ago, we talked for over four hours. Uh, this podcast uh, was only 57 minutes total, not even a full hour that we did. Um, I had some material kind of like preps, you know, to go over with Jimmy and whatnot. And, uh, you know, obviously because of the uh, cancellation. You know, I kind of had to change plans. Uh, And, you know, Jimmy, if you're listening to this, you know, no sweat. Uh, You know, I I understand and we'll, you know, do the podcast next week as planned. But, uh, you know, anyway, I, uh, you know, we had to make plans for the podcast kind of short notice. Uh, So, you know, I brought Ryan on. We had a good time and I want to thank Ryan for joining me. Uh, and I would also like to note real quick that, uh, even though you can hear the intro music for the, uh, audio podcast on the video, on the live stream that I did, there is no music. Hence why I say there's no intro or anything. Uh, I'm in the middle of getting new, uh, transitions and new, uh, intros made for the show. Um, so we're excited about that for, for those of you who want to watch the channel live and, uh, or watch the podcast live rather. And, uh, yeah, that should about do it for this intro. I want to thank everyone for, uh, listening and I hope you enjoy this interview, uh, that I did with my buddy, uh, Ryan Mahopper. He's a great guy. So please welcome him, uh, back to the program. have cigars sounds good and we're live folks welcome to tonight's edition of the whitfield report i'm your host sam whitfield live here with the cold open no uh intro video no uh you know screen at this point uh and there's a bit of a there's a bit of a delay getting started so people will start to flow in here but in the meantime, we're live here, so uh, anyway, folks, let me introduce my uh, guest for tonight, my uh, friend Jimmy, who was supposed to come on the show from England. Well, England's burning, and uh, no, Jimmy had some other stuff to uh, do, so I decided to uh, actually go to the other coast. By which I mean the West Coast. And so for all of the lady fans of the Whitfield Report, your crush is, your, uh, your crush is back. And I bring back my friend, Mr. Uh, Ryan Marhofer. If I can uh, well. 
So, cheers, my cheers, my friend. Cheers. Um, Jaden. You supposed to drink, or else it's bad luck. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So for the so, like I said, for those of you wondering uh, where Jimmy is, he had to cancel this afternoon. So, like I said, this is my friend. Friend Ryan from California. So, um, how you been, man? Been great. Um, I was working at Barnes and Noble for a while. Uh, I finished my internship with the Republican Party. They begged me to stay, but I said no, no, no. I have to move on. So I worked at I worked at Barnes and Noble for a little bit just to get acquainted with books. You know, get in touch with good literature. Good philosophy. Then after that, Barnes and Noble is such a hostile, liberal place. It's brutal. And there was one other guy who worked at my store who was a conservative, and he was like, "Ryan, it's brutal here." And yeah, he was so scared to death. Yeah, but do book do bookstores even well? Do bookstores even like really? Do people go in those anymore? Everyone I know. That's what that's what everybody asks, but I think people have uh, written off bookstores far too soon. Barnes and Noble actually just bought, got bought out by a hedge fund, and the guy who runs the hedge fund is a Trump guy. So I think we're going to see Barnes and Noble going the right way. Interesting. Well, ho- well, hopefully, hopefully by the time I get ready to publish my book, I won't uh, have my book placed on like the you know, the the back shelf or wherever they're sticking the conservative book yeah. books these days. So so the trick that they do at Barnes and Noble, um and um you know, I, I don't want to make it seem like too much of bad mouthing in a previous employer. And this isn't what they did at my Barnes and Noble store. But allegedly other Barnes and Noble stores is that they just will not order conservative authors. They, they won't order those books to go to their store. They would rather miss out on those sales than support an author. I went and worked one shift at a neighboring Barnes & Noble, and oh my gosh, they were not, they, they, weren't, they weren't secretive about it. It, it, was, it was, they were shameless in their deep hatred for anything and everything right of Marxism. Sad, very sad. But by the way, for uh, OJ's white, white Veronica in the chat, this is not this is not White Claw. Uh, <laughs> I do I do not I do not drink that. I drink man I drink man beer, Guinness. So I'm drinking non-alcoholic White Claw. Well, water well water is better water is better than White Claw, Claw though. So, yeah, it's about the same thing. Yeah, lit. Bookstores are weird. Um, so are, I mean, so is everything in in entertainment. Though it seems like, uh, yeah, you know, I've I've kind of started. I wouldn't say I'm retired from politics on this show, but I do a lot more movie reviews now. And uh, you know, mm-hmm. as I always say, you uh, you really can't, uh, you know judge movies too much from a conservative perspective because uh otherwise you're just gonna get pissed so yeah and i have to say i've moved on from politics as well i'm more pursuing a life in the private sector and everything and um what's interesting tying it back to the joker i actually just remembered this was the director is todd phillips the guy who did uh like the hangover movies Mm -hmm. and all those good movies all those like bro comedy movies and what he said was basically with how woke, uh, you know, culture is nowadays is that uh, he couldn't make any of the movies I used to make because too many people were unfunny and had no sense of humor. And so making the Joker was basically like the only thing he could make now. It was basically a guy, you know, Joker is like the antithesis to any classic comedy. I just, uh, I've. I haven't seen the movie yet, but I've watched some reviews on YouTube. Some of them are spoilery, but I don't care because with the internet being what it is, you're going to run into... I have not seen any spoilers. 
Okay, well then I won't, I won't spoil it. I won't Thank necessarily you. spoil anything, but one thing that I did think was interesting was in uh, all of the in all of like the videos I've seen, all of the critics were saying that there was a mass overreaction to like all that uh, you know hysteria that like Joker was going to cause violence or or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the other thing is I don't know how much of a film buff you are, but um, <sighs> I mean, ta- I mean, the Joker was loosely based off of Taxi Driver, uh, you know, yes, which is that. Yes, I, I did know that. 70s and, the, and, you know, De Niro, who plays the Taxi Driver, is in this new Joker movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, Taxi Driver is just, that's a fucking brutal movie, and it's 45, it's almost 45 Yeah, it's Scorsese. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, in... There's the other Scorsese movie, The King of Comedy. King of Comedy, yeah. With De Niro. Yeah. So those are two films that really influenced Todd Phillips. Um, And, I mean, without going into spoiler territory, this could lead to, like, a really dark and gritty Batman movie, which I'm kind of... Which would be great. I'm kind of hoping we get like a finally like a truly dark Batman movie. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, Dark Knight was pretty good, but other than Chris Nolan's trilogy, we haven't had a lot of good movies. So, no, not at all. Yeah, I think there's still untapped area with the Batman character, especially if you do. If you have you read the comics at all? Oh, oh yeah, dude. I'm okay. I'm a so huge like comic like nerd. like a Dark Knight Returns type of movie. You yeah. know, they, I guess they touched it in Batman vs Superman, but it was so horrible that people would just forget it. Sort of the way people forgot the first Deadpool appearance in a movie. You know, uh, yeah, I think if you really make it more of like, I mean, Christopher Nolan was good in that he made it more of like a crime. Yeah, and so I think yeah, dark, gritty, almost almost more like a Dirty Harry type of Batman or something of the sort. I think that would be where it should go. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I I like that that's kind of what they did with the Punisher series on Netflix. So. Yeah. And that's blown up. I mean, it shows that, you know, it can be popular. So, so uh, what about you? Have you seen any other good movies recently? I, uh, I just saw the trailer for the... Uh, for the new uh, The Irishman movie. I'm looking forward to that. I saw that trailer too. So. What critics have said about that one is that it's like pretty much Scorsese's best movie. Oh, Which oh. is, it's hard to beat. Yeah. yeah. Scorsese's well, had so many good movies. Yeah, well, and El Camino is also coming out. That looks good. So. No, I, haven't, I actually don't know that one. Did, did you ever watch Breaking Bad? Oh, that one. Yeah, I've never seen Breaking Bad. What? You're, you know. I can't. The thing is, is I can't watch TV shows because then they take over my life. It's. Uh, oh. There are things in life that I avoid. There's cocaine, you know, there's da da da, and there's TV shows. Well, and once know. I get started in it, I'm just going to like it too much and I'm not going to be able to stop. See, I'm, I'm, more of a, I'm more of a TV guy than I am a. Than I am a movie guy, but I don't. I don't binge watch as much as much as I used to, mainly because I don't have time. So yeah, um, you know it. It is, it is what it is. What it is. I just mainly I listen to podcasts and music now. So um, yeah, music for me, big time. I just started listening to a band called Vanilla Fudge. I've, you know them? I've I've heard I've heard I've, of them. I just recently got into an old band called uh, Tool. So Pool? No, Tool. Oh, Tool. Of course, Tool. Yeah. I uh, I, know. I got introduced to them by the great Joe Rogan. So. Oh, he's a Tool fan. Yeah. Well, he, well, yeah. He had Maynard on like about, about like a month ago or so when they oh, released the disc, discography. Yeah. So, 
I saw the Joe Rogan episodes where he had uh, David Lee Roth, which was the the good singer of Van Halen. Um, I saw him with uh, Steven Tyler, you know, obviously Aerosmith and Ted Nugent. I oh, and Gary Clark Jr. Wait, when did he, when did Joe have Gary Clark Jr. on? on? A couple years ago. You need to go listen to that one. Gary Clark Jr. is a cool dude. Then I know you're a fan. I I yeah. Well, I am. So, you, you I actually were, saw Gary Clark Jr. live once. Yeah, I think I think you were you were one of the ones that turned me on to to Gary Clark Jr. Actually, he's, he's great. Uh, he's not Steve. His Ray new Vaughan. album I don't like so much though. His new album has a few good ones, but it's not Too as much good as in it for me. It's not as good as as Black and Blue. Yeah, well, that's that's why. I've, that's why I avoid the whole entire first half of his new album. So Yeah. You know someone who I've recently discovered, who I actually think is also a closet conservative, who's great, is John Mayer. John, John, John Mayer is great. John, John Mayer has an interesting life, though. He's, he's dated pretty much anyone and everyone in Hollywood. So, What's not to like about him? Well, I go on a date. Well, other other than that, he's extremely arrogant. I mean, he's extremely talented. But you know, I, I think they, I think those two qualities complement each other. I think we, I think we can all be ar- arrogant sometimes. So, yeah. Um, I mean, but I, especially. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, like, I I try and be humble with this with this podcast, but you know. I mean, I interviewed Ben Shapiro at 17, so, you know, that's an accomplishment, so. Um, yeah. So, yeah, was, one thing with John Mayer is he had a band called the John Mayer Trio, and oh, the band yeah. basically played, yeah, just like a bunch of old blues numbers and everything. John Mayer is literally just today's Stevie Ray Vaughan. When he... But... Yeah. Well, I mean, he he did that one album with um, Eric Clapton that was a tribute to J.J. Kale, and that was awesome. Oh, I didn't even know he did one with Clapton. Yeah. How did I not know? You know, I'm going to look that up right now. It's uh, it's under Eric Clapton. It's like a tribute to J.J. Kale. So it's it's good. John Mara's cover of Magnolia is fantastic if you get the chance to listen to that. So... Okay. Yeah, he plays with the wa- with uh, I almost said the Walking Dead. Um, Grateful Dead. Oh yeah. Well, he plays with Dead and Company. So now that Jerry yeah. Garcia is now that Jerry Garcia is dead, which I never I never got into the Grateful Dead to be honest. So they've got a few really good albums, and I'll send them to you. And um, the singer of the Grateful Dead now, his name is Bob Weir. He's one of the founding members. His daughter goes to my school. She's in my same graduating class. Is she cute? Bro, she's the daughter of a rock star. What do you think? I don't. I don't know, man. Some of them. Some of them can be sketchy there's, sometimes. There's Liv Tyler. That's the only other daughter of a rock star I know. That you like. That you. That you know now, or that you. That you. No, know oh, yeah, of? I get coffee with Liv Tyler all the time. I'm just kidding. That I know of. Uh, well, well, you know, speaking of, speaking of rock star daughters and, and movie star daughters, I, uh, I know, I know I sent you, uh, I, I didn't even know that Sylvester Stallone had daughters until like, you know, a year. I didn't either. A year and a half ago or so. But, mm-hmm. uh, anyway. I have one friend who goes to USC who I guess has met her. Mm. Well, she's graduated now, but yeah, yeah pretty cool. And just Noah Stallone. So can't say that every day. I apparently, apparently the new Rambo movie was crap, though. So from what I've heard, what I have heard, and I'm sure you'll be interested in this, is that the Rambo movie was not crap according to the viewers. It was crap according to the critics, and the reason why it was labeled as crap by the critics is because Rambo is fighting the Mexican uh, cartels, basically, in the movie. 
and the cartels are invading America. So Rainbow has to fight off the cartels. Yeah, I mean the the premise is the premise is good for sure. But it, that that was kind of the premise of Taken though too, I guess. So Yeah, you know. Uh you know, actually a really good conservative movie, Kingsman. Oh yeah, I I I love I love the Kingsman movies. So the uh the the Daniel Craig Bonds aren't bad either, so. No. So yeah, I'm trying to think. You know John Stamos? Uh. He's from Full House. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know of, yeah, I know John Stamos. I always get him and Edward James almost confused. Hmm. Edward James. I don't think I even know that one. Edward James almost. He's he's the one who plays. Rick Deckard's partner in the first Blade Runner. Oh! Yeah, and he made a cameo in the second? Yeah, it's too bad she won't live. But yeah, then, exactly. But then again, but then, who does? Yeah, yeah, who does? Who does? Which one do you like more, the first Blade Runner or the second Blade Runner? I, I, still, I still like the... I still like the first one better. Yeah. Although... Although number, although the second one is a masterpiece in terms of like modern, I think so. Cinema, so I think so too. It, it doesn't get much better. I'm ho- I'm hoping they eventually come out with a third one and that we don't have to wait thirty more years because, uh, you know, that was. The, I mean, they set up for like another sequel, so I'm hoping we don't have to wait thirty. Five years to yeah for another one so well by by then Ridley Scott will probably be dead but uh well that's okay Ridley Scott didn't like Blade Runner 2049 so Ridley Scott can die as far as I'm concerned didn't he as rude as that sound didn't he didn't he, he write part of the script though from what from what I heard or You're breaking up. But yeah, he did write a part of it. I think he contributed to the script and basically gave like the main plot. And then um, and then he got Dennis Villeneuve, or however you say his name, uh, to direct. And really, Scott hated the way the movie turned out. And really, Scott said it was going to fail. Yeah. So. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's a weird one. For sure. I mean, I I thought it was good, just like the first Blade Runner, just didn't do well in the theaters. So. Yeah, I think the, I think they still turned a profit. I just don't think it, you know, blew away anyone. Yeah. So. Yeah, the mo- the movie industry, dude, is just weird. As yeah. Heck. So. Quite right. Yeah, it's crazy what's going on. Speaking of crazy... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say Kevin Spacey accuser got killed in a car crash. It's funny how those things work out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard about that. Speaking of uh, crazy stuff, though, uh, what do you make of this whole Ukraine thing and the uh, potential for impeachments? It's great, and I'll tell you a little story. Uh, and I don't mean to like, uh, you know, uh, you know, pump myself up with this story or anything, but I have to share it. Please uh, do. Last year, last year there, there's a few student publications on my campus, and they're all garbage. Okay, but there was this one reporter who was honest. Her name's Claire. She's, she's quite a nice person, and uh, she was going around interviewing all the prominent political people on campus and asking for their opinions about. Joe Biden running this coming year. So this was before the, the past summer. This was May, I guess. And so she asked all these local prominent political people on campus, and they're all socialists or Democrats or whatever they label themselves. And they all said, we don't like Joe Biden. He's old. He's white. And, um, you know, da, 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 da. he's rich as well. That's three strikes against them. They don't like Joe Biden. So uh, every time she had them hold up a hold up a sign, 
and the sign either was a check mark with Joe Biden's face on it, or the sign was a cross out of Joe Biden's face on it. And they all held up the cross out. And then she came and interviewed me, someone who doesn't really have a horse in the Democrat nominee race. And she asked me what I thought about Joe Biden. I said, Claire, we love Joe Biden. We support Joe Biden running. Not only is he too old and too frail and, uh, you know, just too weak of a candidate, but also with his business dealings in China and Ukraine, which you will see in the news uh, soon to come, he is the perfect candidate to go against Trump. We want him to run. And so at the end of the interview, she took the picture of me with Joe Biden's face, and it, on the picture was a big check mark. See, see, folks, this is why this is why I love this kid. He's a ma- <laughs> he's a master troll. He's a he's he's the best at trolling. No one trolls better on the college campuses <laughs> in California than my buddy Ryan. So. So, yeah, I am going to try to get more into the troll game on campus. We're trying to come out with, like, a school publication type thing. It's all very hush-hush right now. But me and another kid, we already got a grant from the ISI, uh, which is the Intercollegiate Studies Institute. And um, it's the same organization that, like, Dinesh D'Souza and um, Ann Coulter and uh, Neil Gorsuch have been all a part of it. Yeah. So they gave us a grant for the paper because I knew a gentleman in the organization by the name of William Nardi, who writes for National Review. He's a great guy. I used to write for his student-run paper. And uh, so we got the grant. We're working on the paper. We've got a few great stories. And, oh, my gosh, our first publication is just going to be like explosive, provocative headline after explosive, provocative headline after explosive provocative headline it's because nobody reports anything on campus or if they do they talk about things like oh uh this global issue that we know nothing about let's pontificate about it pretentiously to all these students who don't care that's what the publications on campus do so we're actually going to come in and fill a huge void yep and chairman is going to be on fire for it well, that's awesome, man. Um, so are you going to do the paper uh, online, too, or just print? It's going to be online and print. Good for... Because, good you know, you, you need you need to do it online so things can go viral and get shared pretty quickly and everything. It's, it's easier for a lot of people. But print is good as well because you can scroll past something on the Internet. If you see a piece of paper in front of you, you can't... It's, it's hard to ignore Right. Plus if it's intrigued, pick it up right then and there. Right, right. So what you're saying is you're going to be on my program a lot more next year than with, uh, you know, controversies and whatnot. That'll be... I, I graduate at the end of this spring, so we're trying to get this done before I graduate. My partner, he's going into the graduate program, so he'll stay at Chapman. Ah, well, that, well that'll be good still, though. So Yeah. So we're excited for it. We think we think we can do a lot of good. Is uh is like publishing and journalism something that you've always been passionate about or um are are you more I think of I've a, always or are you I more of I've an activist been, or definitely not an activist. I think I've always been more interested in being right and getting people riled up and um I don't want to say provocateur, but I would say just someone who is willing to expose the truth. Uh, not, no whistleblower type stuff, nothing like sure. that. I'm, I'm approaching this more of the viewpoint of a businessman in that we're just filling a demand that nobody is supplying. Well, you're, ta- you're, you're taking this from the Andrew Breitbart perspective, it seems like to me. Very much so. so. I, I'm glad you made that connection. Well, yeah, I mean... There's no, I- there's no one more who I'm who I'm trying to emulate than Andrew Breitbart. Andrew Breitbart was a huge influence of uh, mine, you know, when I when I was first starting this thing. That's actually, you know, why I interviewed Shapiro uh, was right after his death. I, I wasn't so much interested in talking to Ben. I mean, Ben's interesting, but at the time, uh-huh. uh, Breitbart had just passed away, so I had wanted to talk to someone about 
you know, what Andrew was like, and this was pre-Daily Wire and everything, so... Yeah. I did it, and it was pretty cool, but yeah, Righteous Indignation is still one of the best books on Citizen... I think so as well. You're the only other person I've ever talked to who's read that book, and the book is its one of the greatest books of all time, I think, especially in terms of politics and journalism, and nobody reads it. Well, yeah, and it, I mean, it's a good its a good kind of like, I mean, it's part autobiographical, but it's also part, uh, you know, like how-to as yeah, well. Yeah, it's, it's part autobiography, part manifesto. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, great. Yeah, I mean, I don't, it, it kind of makes me feel old now because, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm only 25, but th- there's a whole new generation of conservatives that don't know about yeah. Breitbart. I mean, they know about Breitbart, the publication, but they don't know about Andrew or if yeah. they've, or they've only he- heard about Andrew in passing, but you know, like, uh, yeah, exactly. You know, and people always ask whether he would support Trump and whatnot. And there's been some debate. I, I, I think he would personally, but at the same time, you know, I didn't know him. Um, I mean, honestly. There's, there's an Andrew Breitbart quote where he said, the next president is going to be a celebrity. That's just the way it's going. And I think, I, I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he said uh, in the quote, someone like Donald Trump. Yeah, I, 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 re- I, rem- I remember reading that. I, I also, and this was my big battle cry, his uh, his CPAC speech, his last big speech, he always said, yes. "I will stand behind whoever the candidate is, regardless of who it is, because if we if we don't, we lose." And see, like, I wasn't that big of a Trump guy at first, but once, neither was I. But once Trump got the nomination, I was like, "Okay, I'm all in. I'm gonna get. I'm even gonna get like a mag hat because we've we've got to defeat Hillary." So yeah, uh, the fact that she's thinking of coming back into the fold—it's great. It's great, but it's also nerve-wracking too, in the sense that I just don't want to see her face again. So, but you're breaking up right now. Yeah, you 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 cut out a little bit too. Um, but as I was saying, um, I'm just kidding. Stop freezing. As I was saying, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think I don't think Hillary is going to last long if she does get in. The Dems don't want her anymore, so. No, they don't. They want young blood and non-white blood, which is okay. I mean, it's fine. I mean, it's their prerogative, right? It's, uh, you know, I, I want some quote that I've been tweeting, I don't know if you've seen it. You know, Democrats all—they want some female. They, regardless of whatever her background will be or whatever. I say Republicans, we try to focus more on credentials and less on genitals. Yeah, they don't—they don't want Tulsi Gabbard though, even though she's a dem. No, not her, because because she's a free-thinking uh, female Democrat, and that oof, can't have that in the party. Well, what's, well, they're, they're, they're hell-bent on AOC, so, um, so. Uh, I think she pisses off too many Democrats. Yeah, well. The traditional kind. I think she needs to wait for some of the traditionals to die out. You know, you know, your Maxine Waters, your, uh, Jacob Cummings, and Pelosi, and all of them. Well, uh, well, I think that is. Like, Excuse me. I, I think that is what she's waiting for, uh, you know, essentially. So yeah. Um. I mean, she she's she's a she's a weird one because on the one hand she's kind of a meme, but on the other hand, I don't think we should underestimate her either because unfortunately she's more influential in the Democrat Party than. I would like to admit, so... No. I think there's only one person, one politician in America who uses social media better than AOC. Well, Trump. Donald Trump. Have you seen his tweets recently? Oh, yeah. I, 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 just, I just retweeted Pieces the one... Pieces of art. I just retweeted the one today about 
Mitt Romney needing to get impeached. That one was hilarious. Here. So so he did the one where it was, uh, look at this picture or whatever. It was a picture. Did you see that one? I saw the tweet, but by the time I saw the tweet, the picture had all, like already been censored or... So you know that Nickelback meme where the singer holds up the frame of the picture and it's and the meme is like, look at this graph or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, look at this photograph. Uh, so Donald Trump tweeted the video and it was, look at this photograph. Then it zooms in on the picture and it shows Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and a Ukrainian oil executive uh, all right there golfing together. And Biden said he had never discussed Hunter Biden's uh, Ukrainian business with him. And obviously that's a lie if you're golfing with his business partners. And then um, yeah, there's another one. Uh, oh, they tweeted about uh, Schiff, Lion Shifty Schiff. And it was, I don't know if you can see that. It was a video of Pinocchio. Basically it was like oh, every line Adam oh, Schiff said, Pinocchio's nose got along right there. See? Yeah, I, I, I saw that one. I, I think I retweeted that one. Um I de- He's been I, on fire recently. I definitely saw that one on Instagram too. So, um, so yeah, Trump Trump uses Twitter more effectively than I do, and he's, you know, he's old enough enough to to be my granddad. So, yeah, me too. He is. Uh, he's great for his age. He's got great genes, great energy. He doesn't. He doesn't do any drugs. No, he he doesn't he doesn't even drink, so it's quite good. Well, yeah, he doesn't drink because of his brother. Right now, are am I confusing you with? Maybe I'm confusing you with someone else, but I know that one of my friends, and it 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 might have been you, or no, it might have might have been my friends from Pennsylvania. Uh, have you met Trump Jr.? I have not. Okay, well, okay, I wish well, I had. Well, yeah, then then that was then that was Sean, my buddy from from Philly. But yeah, Trump Trump Jr. is uh, I'm I'm wondering if he'll run if he'll run eventually. I don't know. So. I I don't think he will. I think he's great as being like a spokesman for his father, but I don't see him running just because he's he's non polished. And Trump isn't polished either, but Trump is resolute and he's got accomplishments and all that stuff. Trump Jr. I, I don't think he does. Yeah, I, I think mean, I think Trump Jr. knows he's he's not the kind to run. Yeah, Trump Trump Jr. is also pretty young, though. I mean, you know, so he's like forty. He's uh, he's he's got he's got a beard now too. So that I know. That, I would be rocking the beard, but my current employer. He says no, no beard. Uh, but my current employer is is a great great guy. I met him at a Republican dinner, actually. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I'm I'm rocking this beard simply because, uh, like, you know, no shave November is is coming up. So plus. Uh, oh, you're gonna head start. I mean, I I mean, I don't know if I'm gonna make it through November, but even so, you know. I've been I've been told I look good with with a beard, so. I think you look quite good. Would you ever uh, mix it up and perhaps shave off the sides? Just have like a little goatee type thing going. I've I've, I've thought of that. It it, it uh, I I've I've tried that. It, it works sometimes. In fact, the new the new graphic logo I have for the show, which uh, one of the reasons why I saw it. Yeah, so. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm gonna get back to that to that look again. So I think that's a good look. I would rock the goatee, but right here I can't grow any hair here. It's very it's very frustrating. I, I can get all the sides and a little bit here and the mustache, but right here I, I just can't do it. I can't I can't either. For me for me to be able to do that, I have to grow this whole thing out first. So yeah um, yeah, my mustache grows slower as well. So I've, I have to shave this just so my mustache can catch up. The uh, the other thing the other thing why I, why I kind of have like a goatee thing is I actually have a, I actually have a few scars on my chin, so I like to. Keep no, it yeah, 
cover. Of course, somewhat. of course. So yeah, I also can grow here, right here. I have a bald, bald spot right there. So uh, yeah, one one of our one of our chat remembers who's who's British, so she knows what she's talking about. It says. Goatees are a bit scrappy looking. Well, that yeah, that's tr- that's true. Yeah. Oh, she's never seen Brad Pitt in a goatee. Well, I'm I'm sh- I'm sure she I'm sure she has. I I I need I need it to get a bit colder here in Florida so I can wear so I can wear my tweed. So oh, of course, blazers. So right right now I've kind of got the Joe Rogan look, go- look going. So looks good, but you still have hair on your head. Yeah, I do. So, ho- hopefully, not full Joe Rogan yet. Hopefully, it stays that way. So, I don't. I don't want to. <laughs> Me too. I'm praying. Yeah, I don't want to get. I don't want to get my dad's jeans. So, when it, when it comes to, to that, so I'm I'm already crippled. I don't need to be bald too. So. <laughs> yeah, ladies love ladies love a man with a thick head of hair. That's what I. That's what I've. That's what I've been told. So, um, yeah, that's what I've heard as well. Yeah, from the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, speak. Speaking of, uh, any any college re- Republican women on the on the horizon right now, or um, you know how it is. I mean, the list is so long. I. I, I feel like I'm going to cheat your viewers if I just go through it all. It's going to burn so much time. The li- I mean, we've only we've only got 15 minutes left. The list is the list is pretty short here, surprisingly. But uh, no. yeah, I'm just kidding. By the way, uh, there's like uh, you know, there's a lot of very nice people on the Chapman campus, but in terms of Republicans, it's few. In terms yeah. of Republican women, it's fewer. It's not even proportional to the Republican men on campus, which De- is not good for optics. Definitely. And uh, I don't associate myself with any Republican women on campus. Well, the, as uh, I'm talking about in the club, in the Republican club and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, once, you know, even you know, I even go against their wishes. I say no. One, once you, once you go, you know, at, at the national level, though, that's a whole, that's all another, you know. I've, I've heard I've heard the CPAC stories of people in oh, tweets. I, I've I've heard parties and things of the sort. I've heard CPAC speeches too. I'm too I'm too poor to go. So yeah, so my it's very unfortunate. But you know what? In ten years, I think we can both fly out and reserve a hotel for us. Yep. And our guests. Or people. Or people should. Or people should go to. Uh, streamlabs.com forward slash the Whitfield Report and start crowdfunding uh, yes. CPAC, CPAC tickets. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Can you find yourself a good, don- a good billionaire donor? Well, well, your, 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 your buddy Milo keeps taking them all. Them all. I know. Milo had one good really... He had one good old billionaire who died and then Milo found a good young billionaire... And Milo was set for life. Milo was like, this guy's young. He can afford the best. He can afford stem cells from whatever. He's going to live forever. Then he died. He died on Milo at like age 35. And now, of course, you know Milo's going through tough times. And I feel bad for the guy. Was he, was he, was the guy Clinton, do you think? Or? I've never looked into it. I think he, he actually did have some health problem. Oh, yeah. But, I, I think I remember reading that the guy might have had a had a coke problem well i mean milo's doing a show again so um, is he i did not even know that it's so hard to hear anything about milo now because he's banned on everything and republicans are man enough to or woman enough to stick up for him oh it, it was it was that reagan battalion twitter account that started the whole harassment coordinated harassment of milo <laughs> well uh, uh crap what, what's What's the guy's name? Uh, <coughs> Bill Crystal. No, so, hate him. He's garbage. Uh, oh, I, I always, I, I don't know if you know who Colonel uh, Kurt Schlichter is. He's, he's actually from. Yes, I do. I've seen him on Fox News. 
Yeah, well, Kurt Schlichter's also a California boy, like yourself. Anyway, Easy now. Colonel Kurt, as I like to call him, always gets into Twitter scraps with uh, with old uh, Bill Ahoy Crystal. So, so who, who at this point keeps trying to sell tickets to overpriced cruise liners for other boomers. <laughs> yeah, he's gone down the drain. Well, he's he's still lo- Bill Crystal is still loaded somehow, so yeah, because he probably paid his employees nothing. Yeah, well, not well. National Review went down the down the tubes. No, Weekly Standard. Well, yeah, but oh yeah, Weekly Standard, but not Na- but National Review isn't doing too good either. So no, and they're not and they're not doing too well. But I think. I think that's the curse of not adapt, adapting with your times, you know. Um, I mean, National Review, I guess back in the day when people read essays, perhaps they had something to do. But Andrew Breitbart writes about the way the Republicans lost the culture war to the Democrats was because of people like National Review who thought people would be interested in re- reading 2,000 more long essays about why abortion should be restricted or whatever. Duh, 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 duh. It's not entertaining. It's not compelling. It's not It's not interesting. So nobody will pay attention. Right. Well, in, in my... Um, I mean, in my college major, I'm a technical writer, so we do lots of writing. One of the things that my professors have taught is... And it's actually, you know, a pretty non-political major, but one of the things that is pretty good is... They're always telling us to write shorter to get to the point quickly. Of course. So, yeah. economy which, of words. Yeah, which is something that was that's interesting because, like in high school, we were always told to you know write more, write more. Now I'm in college and I'm being told to write yeah. less. So, but, uh, yeah. Uh, any other, any other topics you want to bring up? So, um, you know, I mean, I, um, how are things at your college? Uh, I'm, I'm in a pretty, I'm in, well, I'm in a pretty political neutral college actually. So that's That's nice. Yeah. I'm at, I'm at a, I'm at a, I'm at a smaller school too. So that definitely helps. And by, and by smaller school, I mean we're literally just one building. It's a it's a commuter campus, but still, it's nice. So, um, it's great. Yeah. So, um, I do have to ask: Have you seen the newest Rogan with uh, Roseanne Barr yet? I have not yet. It's uh. I I, I haven't listened to any podcast in a while. Actually, I've been crazy busy. I haven't had time for anything. Ah, gotcha. So well, you ought to, you ought to catch up on some of the Rogans. They're pretty good. So, but uh, okay, I did see the video of Joe Rogan at the firing range, the same one that Keanu Reeves trains at. Him shooting the pistol at the targets, and he got pretty good. Yeah, sounds like it. So, yeah, I, I did, I did see that video. He's actually, he's actually a good shot, and I, I, uh, I mean, he went to the same place where John Wick. Uh, exactly. Trained and I I I've seen th- those are movies I have seen lately and I I love them so. I haven't seen them yet, but I do own all of them now. I just haven't seen them yet. Oh, you you need to like you need to spend one weekend watching all of them when you can. They're fantastic. So. Uh yeah, I will see them soon. I think Keanu Reeves is one hundred percent a closet conservative. Yeah, that yeah, that's what I've heard from anonymous sources, shall we say. So he's very private. He rides around on a motorcycle. Uh, he has facial hair. Uh, he shoots guns recreationally. I mean, how many more indicators of conservatism can you get? Yeah, well, yeah, that that's kind. Of, well, and, and well, and he's very humble too. So from very what, humble, very humble. Not all conservatives are humble, but no liberals are humble. So, yeah. Well, well, I mean, yeah. Mo- most of the ones that are humble don't stay liberal for long either. So exactly, I think so as well. So, uh, any 
any social media you have to plug, or you're kind of on a you're kind of on a dry spell right now, right now. So I am on a dry spell. I've been right now. I'm taking 19 units of for classes, and then I'm also working. And Oof. so I'm just my life is sucked dry. I have no time for friends, no time for anything, and uh, it's tough. But I'm trying to get through it. And then I'm gonna get a full time job soon. I was actually thinking about applying for Fox News. I would love to go work in Manhattan for a little while, and you know, be on the business end of Fox News, perhaps. So if there's anybody from Fox News watching this, um, you know, give get plug me in. But besides that. You know, I have a Twitter account that's private, but feel free to follow it. Um, just search my name, Ryan Marhoffer, Twitter on Google, and then the first one. I think it's Yeboy Marhoff or something. Of yep. I can't keep track of my yeah. Twitter name. Yeah, yeah, that that is that is his handle, folks. It's part it's part of the ep- it's part of the episode title, actually. So. Oh well, thank you very much. And then besides that, I've got old articles. If you want to read the old articles that have made me famous. Uh, famous. Uh, you can just if you just Google my name, the first one will pop up. Is the one I wrote about diversity and how diversity of thought is more more important than diversity of skin color or pigment. And you know, basically, what I argued in that article was about how in the in the name of inclusivity, I'm not sure how inclusiveness, in the name of inclusiveness. and just including everyone, people have been ostracized and cast out and attacked because they were making the group uncomfortable. And I was saying, this isn't right. And it's not just white men who are being silenced as well. It's also gay conservatives and black conservatives or anyone else who wishes to dissent against what the overwhelming narrative is. And so the ironic part was that, you know, eventually, you know, I was arguing for you know, equality in just expressing opinions. And because of that, uh, you know, I got a bunch of backlash on campus. I ultimately got kicked out of my frat, which was okay. They, they, they were pretty much all losers anyway. But it was it was more split 50-50. And there were liberals in the frat who were sticking up to me, sticking up for me, I should say. There were liberals in the frat who had tears streaming down their eyes because they thought me getting kicked out was so unfair. So there are good liberals out there. They're not all bad. But there are some who are very hostile and just ooh, they want blood and oh oh yeah that's sad. oh yeah that's been my experience. I've also had the experience of like of liberals will meet me and they'll be like, I can't believe you're a conservative. You're such a nice guy, or you know, or something like that. Uh, a couple people in the in the chat say, "Go for it, Ryan Fox needs you." I would like to plant the bug in in your ear that. Uh, to quote one of Joe Joe Rogan's famous sayings, bro, have you thought of starting a podcast? <laughs> uh, I have, and that I think that's too much work for me. I think I would. I think I think more. I think I'll pursue business before I pursue, you know, getting famous for my personality. Fair, fair yeah. enough. Fair, fair enough. So, well, you're you're always welcome. You're always welcome on here. So, well, thank you, and I love coming on your show. It's great. Uh, you're the only podcaster who reaches out to me, which is it boggles my mind because I would think every podcast would want to have me on, don't you think? Well, hey, I'm, I'm, you're the best, and I'm the best. So you know, I only amen to that. That's I only, something I can drink to. You actually, you you were the one who reached out to me initially because uh, Milo. That's right, actually. Because Milo. Sc- Milo, you actually reached out to me before Milo. Milo never reached out to me, but you did. So props, props to you, sir. I think Milo was probably looking for a new boyfriend. Yeah, well, I'm not. You don't. You don't. You don't meet his well-known specifications. Yeah, yeah, I can't say it on YouTube. Otherwise, I'll get, you know, banned. Like I cannot say either. Like Crowder, I mean, I, I could, I can say the, I can say fuck all I want on this podcast, but you know, God forbid I say something, you know, edgy. <laughs> so. Uh huh. Exactly. Yeah, I've got employers who may be googling me now, so I, I've, I've got to, I've got to keep it on the line. I, I will say too that you're, that you're uh, a lot better looking than Owen Benjamin. 
No, well, thank you. Oh, you're still on that Owen Benjamin beef. I, I used to follow him on Instagram, nah. but he would say the most ridiculous things, and I had to unfollow him just because I was so terrified I would one day in conversation casually repeat what he said and then get publicly crucified. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not really on that. I'm not really on that thing anymore because Owen's kind of irrelevant now. But yeah, I think so as well. I mean, he's. I mean, the thing of it is, is he's left me alone. He's left me alone, and now that that's happened, I've got no beef. So. Yeah. But, is he still married to that girl? Uh, for right now. I'm actually surprised that a girl would would be married to a guy like that. Well, I well I'm surprised that he's that he's married and you and I are single. So. Well, I th- I would say for now I'm single by choice. I'm not looking to, uh, you know, have any I'm, babies or anything quite I'm, yet. I'm single, but I'm single by choice too. But uh, you know, you've, you've got you've got good taste, so. Well, thank you. I'm sure you. I know you do as well. Yeah, minus minus the fact that you don't like redheads, you're you're biased against them. So. I do have some Irish in me, but a redhead, uh, you know, there's. Uh, you know, uh, there's actually – Milo actually talked about this. This is according to Milo. These are Milo words, not mine, but Milo said according to a study, people naturally find gingers less attractive because uh, the way gingers look, it's an indicator of low genetic diversity. And genetic diversity is good for evolution and survival in the long run. And thus, that is why people are naturally inclined away from gingers. Milo's words. Yes, but, but buddy, I have – I have some advice for you. Google uh Google Christina Hendricks. So when you get when you get the Christina chance. Christina Hendricks? Yep. Is it safe to look up? Yeah, pr- yeah, pr- pr- well. Well, it def- depends on how far in the search results you want you want to uh, you know, get going to, but uh I I would recommend don't oh, do it while, you. Don't do it while you're at the don't do it while you're at the library. So, but, well, I've got a wall uh, behind me. I, I just looked it up. That's that's all you, Sam. You go after that. Yeah, fair enough. So, <laughs> well, any, yeah. well, anyway, my friend, uh, I know you've got to get out of here. So, thanks for uh, coming on. I really appreciate it, and uh, hopefully, we'll do this again sometime. Hopefully, it won't be another year before we talk. So. Although, of course. Thank you for having me, Sam. This wasn't a great three-hour discussion like it was last time. It, the time really just flies. This no. felt like this literally felt like ten minutes. Yeah. Well, dude, we our last podcast. It wasn't three hours. It was four hours. Was it? See, I'm telling you, you can't. You, you have no, uh, you know, grasp of time. Nah. No, nah, I'm. I'm. I'm like Rogan. I can just go and go and go and. Go with these podcasts, Spongers. but yeah. anyway, folks. Anyway, uh, oh, oh! I was just gonna say thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. I love being on your show. It's the best show, in my opinion. Thanks, and uh, I love ha- I'm I love having you on. You're one of the best guests I have on regularly. So appreciate well, it. Well, thank you, Sam. I appreciate that. And to all you viewers, I wish you adieu for now. So. Ladies, please leave him alone right now. He he's busy. So uh, I'm not but, too busy. I'm not. I'm not that busy. Okay. So okay. So my female fan. So my female fans can look you up. That that's always the question I get from females. Is when is Ryan coming back? So. <laughs> but, well, uh, I have Instagram. Same. Just search my full name. I'll pop up. I should. Or just, I think it's the same username as my Twitter. So just search the username. I've got Facebook as well if you want to add me there. I've got LinkedIn. Um, I think that's all my social media. Connect with me on LinkedIn if, if you want to do business. Yeah, so, you have LinkedIn, Sam? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I have I have LinkedIn. I've, I haven't used it in like forever. But oh, well, I'll send you an invitation to connect. I need to start a, I need to start a new LinkedIn. That's what I need to do. So, but yeah. Alrighty. Well, anyway, thank you for having me. And when I come back, 
after we have both seen Joker, we can talk about it. It probably has just been all blown out of proportion because everyone is so soft as hell. But yeah, Set. excited, excited for the next time already. I can't wait for it. Sounds good. So, all right, folks. Well, I want to thank you for tuning in as well. And uh, I know tonight's episode was kind of a quick one, but I'll be back next week with hopefully a new intro and a longer podcast. So, from all of us here at NGC Studios, good night, God bless, and uh, God save this great nation. So, God, freedom, legacy, in that order. And uh, God bless, and good night. Amen.